Welcome to the Co-op Feeds Podcast. If you like to follow all things related to animal agriculture, then this is the podcast for you. Tune in for expert news with our special guest, an overview of commodity market trends, and hot topics in the industry every month. We'll also give you a sneak peek at what's to come for our monthly species series. Cattle, sheep, goats, horses, or chickens. We cover it all. Join us at the feed bin. Now, please welcome your host, Jennifer Dowd. Welcome to the Co-op Feed Bin, and thank you for joining us today. We have some exciting topics to dive into including a special guest who will discuss her experience in assisting on the fourth generation dairy farm and how they celebrate June Dairy Month at their family creamery. Also, we have a few market trends we are seeing through feed distribution and how these affect our feed prices across the U.S. If you have not already, please subscribe to our channel, follow us on Facebook, or visit our website for products and more. But first, let's talk about commodity markets. Whether you're a producer, dealer, or just an average Joe, it's important to be in the know. Here's your monthly update on pricing for grain, livestock, energies, and more. Some things we are seeing in the market today are logistics costs rising due to increased price of fuel and employee shortages. Experts are expecting this to continue throughout this year, which will unfortunately trickle down into a rise of cost per bag of feed. Bullish grain prices stemming from global shortages and COVID-19 impact have weakened the supply chain, causing disrupts in formulations. The conflict in Ukraine and Russia is bringing stress to buyers as well as importing of goods. Again, this will affect feed prices, but do not stress, we are in this together and we will get through it. A little snippet of good news for the agriculture industry. Drones are breaking ground in the crop fields. Farmers across the country are taking advantage of this opportunity to gauge crop production and monitor storm damage or possible irrigation flaws. With new and improved high resolution cameras, experts are able to better pinpoint issues before they jeopardize feed crops. Definitely a change in the right direction for farmers. That is all the highlights in the news this month. Join us next month to stay up to date on nationwide agriculture news topics. What we've all been waiting for. It's time to bring in our special guest. Drum roll, please. Did you know that June is Dairy Month? That's right. A big glass of chocolate milk sounds pretty good right about now. In honor of June Dairy Month, we have with us Stephanie Nash of Nash Family Creamery in Chapel Hill, Tennessee. Stephanie, thank you for joining us today. So tell us a little bit more about the history of your farm and where you originated. Yeah, so our dairy is almost 100 years old, um, being in the dairy industry. My dad's grandpa started it and kind of took off as like a small little farm you know back in the day almost everybody had their own milking cow it feels like yeah. I always get people on the tours that say oh yeah my grandpa used to have a farm and it makes me feel good because when we talk about our history as a dairy farm it's very important because my dad grew up in it and my grandpa died at a very young age so my dad took over when he was about 24 
And so my dad's been in charge of our farm for over 40 years. Wow. Um, and so it's very important for me when I look at, you know, the generations and I'm a fourth generation and what he has, you know, built up to take his knowledge and put it back into what our future looks like for our farm. And so coming from California in 2013 and building the new dairy and being able to be here in Tennessee, it was a lot of work, but it's, you know, important for us to keep that legacy of Nash Family Dairy going. I, I agree. That's awesome. Wow. Fourth generation. <laughs> That's so cool. How many cows do y'all work with? And then what breed is your primary breed that you have here on the farm? We are primarily Holstein. Uh, we do have some jerseys in the mix, um, which is a fun little, you know, difference of personalities. But we milk 1,200 cows, and we also have two off-site for our heifers. Um, so that's kind of what I'm in charge of, calf and heifer management and overseeing um, the start to their life and when they come into the milking herd. But, you know, coming from California, it was a lot of unknowns. Uh, we dealt with, you know, a climate that rained maybe two months out of the year, <laughs> oh um, which was difficult when it came to, you know, producing you know, crops or being able to have extra water. Um, but on the other hand, you didn't have to worry about an ice storm coming through in like April randomly or um, tornado warnings, right? So Sounds like Tennessee. Yeah, a little bit different. So it was the unknown of seeing how the cows would handle it and how we could find employees. Because living in California, we had that luxury. You know, if they didn't work in the fields, they would want to work on a dairy and kind of get that skill set. And so luckily, it's taken us eight years to find good employees, but it, we got there, right? And uh, uh, so it was just a little bit of, you know, learning how Tennessee works and where we would get feed from. And uh, my dad did a lot of research before we came but we also work with a lot of local farmers for corn and hay, and so we wanted to come into a place where we could also support our neighbor um, rural communities. And then we know that you relocated from California all the way to Tennessee, so what were some of the hardships that you may have experienced during that time? The move from California wasn't taken lightly. We took a lot of years to decide where we wanted to move to, you know, if it was a business-friendly state, and after... Looking for about five years, Texas, Missouri, Arkansas, we found that Tennessee not only was the top 10 business state to move to, but also had a very strong farm bureau, very strong you know, farmers and ranchers in the state that seemed to invite agriculture. Moving from California, we struggled a lot with activists and regulations and you know, government oversight. So coming to a state that really does support the rural communities was very different for us, but that's something that we had to look towards the future on. So we had about 950 milking cows that we moved from California, overall about 1,800 total cattle that we moved. And then we started building back the herd. We started with Holsteins. We left the jerseys behind because we knew we had to produce a lot of milk for the area and you know we just wanted to see how it was going to go and once we started you know seeing the future of the creamery and making our own cheese and ice cream we were like we need those jersey girls back so we started to buy uh jerseys now we have about 150 jerseys on the property 
And if anybody knows anything about Jerseys, they're very curious animals and have fun personalities. So I'm glad they are back. Um, but yeah, it was a big move and something that we're proud that we did because now we have, you know, not only the dairy farm, but we have a community that supports us. Wonderful. That's great to hear. I'm glad you're welcomed here in our community. We're glad to have you for sure. Back in California, were you able to sell products? Were you able to have milk products and a creamery and things like that? Or was that just started in Tennessee? So, yeah, at the time, there was actually only two people doing the, you know, making their own milk and selling it to the public. It was starting to get popular, but we didn't have the opportunity to do it there. You know, we... Myself, I was still at Fresno State. I was my third year in, and my brother was just graduating high school, his first year at Wilmington in Ohio. So we definitely wanted to go through the college experience. He went agribusiness. I went more animal dairy science. And so we just had the more opportunity, you know, to get that education of, you know, what the business would look like, what the products would look like, marketing. And so... It was actually a really good opportunity, I feel like, to open it in Tennessee because Nashville is growing, you know, tremendously. I think there's yes. like 200 people a day moving here. And also, it's just different people. Like, they really do respect buying local. There's so many farmer's markets across the state. And it's, you know, just a beautiful thing to be able to educate the people about what our product is. And, you know, just, I guess, <laughs> having the ability to not have regulations hanging over us every step of the way has been um, a game changer for us. That's great. That's great to hear. So with so many cows on the farm, what is the schedule? <laughs> I know it's got to be crazy. Chores, employees, how many employees do you have here? Well, I'll tell you, this is our busiest time of year. I think everybody just goes into total work mode. It's harvest season. It's the start of, you know, farmer's markets in summertime, especially since we make ice cream. It's our, our very busy season. Um, so when it comes to just schedule-wise, it's a little bit different. So this year, I said, I'm not going to be overwhelmed like I was last summer. So I actually hired two interns. One is at Idaho State right now, and one is from Mississippi State. Um, so bringing in, you know, more education to see what their career paths will take them uh, once they graduate college. Um, but our schedules are, are all over the place right now. We're either, you know, we just got done cutting grass and now we're planting corn and, you know, on top of event days at the creamery and, you know, going to sell cheese at local delis or grocery stores. So it's kind of all over the place, but you know, we, we get up at four, we feed calves and uh, we start the milking process and then whatever needs to be done, we kind of just spread ourselves out where we need to be. But there's about 19 employees and then about three part-time employees. Awesome, so a huge operation. So do you oversee all the employees or is that your, your job title here? Or? Yeah, so my job title is a calf and heifer management and then also overseeing um, some of the cow um, management with um, health. Uh, but the biggest thing is watching my heifer ranches. We have one in Lynchburg, one in Kentucky. And then obviously the new the newborn babies are really important to me because that's their first couple days of life. And I just want to make sure they're comfortable and healthy and eating correctly. And so I oversee, there's about six employees under me, um, you know, with the interns. There's also Margarita and Perla. They're my women. I tell them they're the, you know, most hardworking people on this dairy farm. And they, they are just 
you know, very knowledgeable, very respectful of the calves. They love them just as much as we do. And it makes you feel good when you have employees that don't own the operation, but they care just as much as, you know, us as owners. That's awesome. That's great to hear. Now, Stephanie, we're going to switch gears a little bit. So uh, we know you're a huge advocate for agriculture. Um, I know you've been on many news channels and just advocating across the country, um, not necessarily for dairy, but just the industry itself. Um, tell us a little bit about your background, what drives you to be an advocate, and how your music career kind of helps you in that as well. Yeah, so it was actually at Fresno State that I started getting really passionate about telling the community about where their food comes from. I had a lot of great professors, nutritionists, and, um, you know, one of the professors won a pretty high award in the poultry industry for being, you know, an advocate in humane practices. And so I started realizing that, you know, nobody's going to stand up for us as an industry and we are the ones that provide and produce and we kind of need to oversee that education. And so once I graduated college, I knew that I wanted to do something big. I've always been kind of very over the top, very honest. And so I was like, I just want to travel and ask people what's going on, like what's going on in their states, what's going on in their communities and let them share their life story of their farm and ranch. And so I started the life of the farmer on YouTube and RFT TV has been able to show that. And it's been a really great experience, um, you know, to be able to connect with people just sitting at home or going to the grocery store and not even realizing what they're picking up and putting in their cart. Exactly. Um, so advocacy has kind of blown up in the sense of, you know, just being able to get on national news and be a voice for farmers and ranchers across the United States. Um, so it's been a great experience. And, and then, you know, you talk about the music. It, You know, I've always loved to sing and you know, I started writing songs about my life and how agriculture is being affected and people started to take it. And it's not always about agriculture. You know, country music has some, you know, edge and spice in it or it's like, you know, could be a ballad. And it's just, you know, some of my life experiences and hopefully it will resonate with others. All right. So what is one piece of advice? You've been through the experience. You've moved to California, to Tennessee. It was a large uh, displacement really for the family farm. Um, we welcomed you with well, open arms basically down here in Tennessee, but what is some advice for somebody that may be trying to follow in those footsteps or maybe have issues on their family farm that may be some pointers to help them out? Yeah, so I mean, I think the biggest thing is we did not rush. We did a lot of education, background work. You know, we just had to make the decision, hey, do we want to sell off the dairy and maybe start almonds or trees, or do we want to stay in, you know, the milk industry, dairy industry? And so when it comes to people from all walks of life, I went to school with people that, um, you know, they come from the dairy farm or they come from the beef farm or wherever it might be, and they have tons of experience growing up as a kid. But I've also seen people fall in love with agriculture because of, the process and the sacrifice and the love that farmers and ranchers have for producing, you know, maybe it's just one orange, right? And so I just tell people, you know, if you're passionate about something, if you love something, go for it and be 
110%. Don't hold back, right? And when it comes to new farmers and ranchers, it's getting a lot harder to buy land. It's getting more expensive. You know, fuel prices are going up. Inflation is rising. And so I just tell people, you know, don't lose confidence in becoming a farmer and rancher because there's so many programs and so many grants out there for startup farmers and to get your own land and to produce your own products. And so just experiment. You're going to fail sometimes. <laughs> Every farmer deals with weather and, you know, different situations. But we get back up, we persevere, and um, we get to feed the entire world. That's right. The life of a farmer. Yep. <laughs> So as we're kicking off June Dairy Month, you know, is there anything that you recommend for those who may not know where there are certain events taking place, how they can maybe support the efforts in June Dairy Month? Yeah, so there's a lot of good things during June is Dairy Month. I know the Dairy Alliance does a lot of educational um, pamphlets for parents that can print out and color and the kids can learn every step of the dairy farm. So I always point people towards that direction and and, you know it's always nice to tell people hey go visit your dairy farm nearby if you have a chance or go buy a gallon of milk heck buy two gallons of milk and give one to your neighbor just to support the dairy industry. Um, But we actually have an event it's our annual dairy day I started last year because I was Dairy Princess in California, so I'm like really big about June is Dairy Month. Um, and so uh, we will have an event on June 18th. We'll have a calf at the creamery, and then we're also pre-booking dairy tours. So we have um, a people mover is what my parents are calling it. So to hook up to our little John Deere tractor, and we'll pull people to the dairy farm. So you get the whole farm experience. And so, um, yeah, we're just really excited to educate people about the dairy industry. So we heard that. If you're in the Chapel Hill area in Tennessee, make sure you stop by the Nash Creamery during our June Dairy Month, and uh, she'll help you out and show you around the farm. But Stephanie, we do appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy here on the, on the operation, so um, we do appreciate you joining us on this podcast today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Of course. You might be asking, why are you only doing the Feed Bin series once a month? Well, it's because we have to save room for everyone else. Check into our chick days, beef tips and gravy, chew the cud, and equine essential series each month right here on the Co-op Feeds podcast station. Here are the topics for this month. Chew the cud will premiere on June 14th. This is a roundtable discussion with small ruminant industry leaders and professionals covering hot topics in the sheep and goat industry. Equine Essentials will premiere June 21st. Gray Parks pinpoints key factors in optimal equine health and nutrition. And lastly, Beef Tips and Gravy will premiere on June 28th. Join John Houston and Dr. Kevin Cox, livestock veterinarian and COO of Alliance Animal Care, as they go in depth on enhancing cattle production and improving overall herd health, specifically during calving season. Thanks for listening to the Co-op Feeds Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Follow us on Facebook under Co-op Feeds for daily updates. Check back each week for species-specific content. We'll see you all next month around the Co-op Feed Bin. And remember, anyone can shop (laughs) Co-op. Visit one of our retail locations for all your livestock and rural lifestyle needs.